Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. thinking about it, pray for our country and our leaders and our world, and pray for people to be changed, pray for people to be saved, and pray for us to be obedient to the Word of God. We need to turn back to the Lord because we're fast moving the other direction. So keep that in your prayers too. Alrighty, today we're going to be back in John chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 37 and I'll see how far we get. We'd like to cover through verse 50, but we'll see what happens this morning. In John chapter 12, remember we've been looking at the book of John and the whole theme of the book of John is John said he wrote these things in John chapter 20. He said, and many other signs Jesus did. Remember every time John uses the word sign, he uses the word simeon which means a miracle with a message. Every time Jesus does a miracle, it's really a miracle with a message. He's showing when He heals people and when He does brings Lazarus back from the dead and He stops the storm and He does all these things. He turns water into wine. He's showing that He's God over creation. He's God over nature. He's God over time. He's God over space. He's God over life and death. He's God over the demons. He's God over everything. He is He is God over everything. There's nothing that is not under His control. And what John wants us to understand through this book of John is that Jesus is God in human flesh and that believing in Him, we might have life in His name. He said many other signs Jesus did, but these were written. He only wrote about eight miracles in here, seven before He died and one after he was raised from the dead he says but these have been written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and believing you might have life in his name and remember we've seen all these miracles we've seen how three times he's in uh, Galilee and they reject him three times he's in Jerusalem they reject him and over and over and over again they want to feed me Jesus they want to heal me Jesus they want to all these things fix my problem, Jesus, but they don't care about the Jesus of the Bible, the one that that says that take up your cross and follow me, deny yourself. They don't want a Jesus that, that preaches the hard things. In other words, as one man said, they wanted his works, but they didn't want to hear his words. They didn't like what he had to say. And people love Jesus as long as you don't tell them about the real Jesus of the Bible a lot of times. They like the, the loving, healing, fixing Jesus. But when you start talking about, uh, as I talked to a man the other day, he said that, that he didn't want to believe in, in the Bible and Jesus because it was just too exclusive. And you know what? The Bible tells us that everybody has an opportunity to hear. Everybody has an opportunity to be saved. 
And it's up to us to make that decision. And today we'll talk a little bit about that because we've seen in this chapter that the last section happened. Jesus said, walk with you while you have the light. He said, I am the light, you know. And He says, walk while you have the light. And the people still are rejecting and the people are still not listening. They still don't want the Jesus that He really is. They think that they should have this political Messiah who's going to kick the Romans out and take over. Instead, Jesus is going to be a suffering servant as Isaiah 53 predicts. He's going to die on the cross. That is where God gets His greatest glory because it says, we talked about a few weeks ago, Philippians 2, 5 through 5-11, He humbled Himself, became obedient to the cross, even the death of the cross. And it says, Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, that everyone's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the God the Father. As we get to verse 36 and 37 today, remember Jesus, after He says, walk while you have the light, and they still refuse to believe, what does He do? It says He went and He hid Himself. And there comes a time that when people have heard and heard and heard and they refuse to believe, the Bible says, seek the Lord while He is near. Seek the Lord while He may be found. The Bible says God will not always strive with man. There comes a time when people keep rejecting and rejecting and rejecting and after they finally reject to a certain point, they get so hardened that God will leave them alone. And we're going to talk about that today. So basically he hides himself and it says in verse 37 of John chapter 12, But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled which he spoke. Lord who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Therefore they could not believe because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men rather than the praise of God. We're going to stop right there. First of all, we want to see, in spite of many proofs, guess what? They still reject Jesus, right? I mean, John only writes about seven miracles. But at this point in time, he has probably done hundreds and thousands of miracles. He's fed fifteen or 20,000 people with two little fish and five loaves. He's brought Lazarus back from the dead, and all they could do was say, how can we kill Jesus? And then they want to kill Lazarus because he got raised from the dead. Every time Jesus does a miracle, they don't like it because Jesus has told them, hey, I'm God, basically. And and he says that unless you believe in me, you're going to perish. They don't like that. These rulers, these people. And I told you all a few weeks ago that, that the favorite song at funerals is what? I did it my way, right? Because the reason people don't want to trust Jesus 
is because they realize when they trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that Jesus says, come after me and deny yourself and follow me. In other words, there's going to have to be some life change. There's going to have to be something different in your life because Jesus says you have to repent. You have to ask for forgiveness. You have to turn from your old ways and turn to Jesus and get God to forgive you and save you because you ask Him to on the basis of what Jesus did. It says, but although, I call this section unbelief in spite of many proofs. He says, but although He had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in Him. They just would not believe. And like I said before, you know, you get some people and what do they say? Unless I see it, I won't believe it. And you can argue with people and show them and prove it to them. And some people still won't believe. Why? Because they don't want to. And that's what was happening here. And think about it. Here, Isaiah, he says that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. So first, it's a persistent belief. And second, it's an unbelief in spite of the signs that Jesus had performed. And even though these were great miracles, great signs, we realize that they still didn't trust them. What John wants his readers to understand is that the rejection of our Lord by the nation of Israel was not a failure on Jesus' part, but the fulfillment of Scripture. It not only did happen, but it had to happen. It had to happen because it was prophesied. But you know what? The Bible tells us in the very beginning in John chapter 1 verse 11, it says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. His own people did not receive him. But if you look at your Bible, and all you got to do is go through the Old Testament. And everywhere you look in the Old Testament, what happens? Over and over and over again, God does miracles. God does signs. God sends prophets. God sends people to tell them who He is, how much He loves them, how much He cares for them. And what do they do? Over and over and over again, they turn from God. They reject Him. And that's why we have so many times in the Old Testament that all the the Jews go into captivity, right? Over and over and over again, they they go into captivity. They go into bondage. They, They are overthrown by these people that live around them. Why? Because they refuse to hear God and do it God's way. Remember, I've told you all in the past that, that in the Old Testament where, that, where all those times where Jesus, where, where God allows Israel to go into slavery and, and, and what happens? That's a picture of us being in bondage to sin. And they are always doing wrong. And God tells them, if you do this, I'll bless you. And if you do this, I'll curse you. And that's the same thing God tells us in the New Testament. He says, I love you and I want the best for you. I'm a loving God. I'm a caring God. I'm a good God. And I want only the best for you. Just like our kids, right? Our grandkids, our great-grandkids, whatever you got at this point. But you know what happens? A lot of times they don't listen, do they? And what do they do? They have to learn the lessons for themselves. They get in trouble. And then you say, well, I told you. You know, if you do this, that's what's going to happen, right? And I don't understand why we as human beings, we're just so prideful, so arrogant, 
that we, we can't listen to other people, but we have to learn these bad lessons for ourselves. And over and over and over again, God sent the prophets. He sent people to him. There was even a parable that Jesus told, remember, where he told a parable about how he, he sent the man to the vineyard and they killed him. And, and then he sent another person to his vineyard to, to talk to the people and then they killed him. And then he sent his son to the vineyard and they killed his son. That's a picture of God sending his prophets to Israel. The vineyard is Israel. And then he sent more people to Israel. They killed that one. They kept killing the prophets. They kept running them off. They kept doing all these evil things to them instead of listening to the Word of God. So at this point in time, Israel has been rejecting God for thousands of years. I mean, yes, there were times that they turned back to God. Yes, there were times they did good. But the only person, that, only prophet that ever actually got a good reception was Jonah. And you know who he got a reception from? The Ninevites, these evil, wicked people. Jonah didn't like it, and Israel didn't like it. But it says here that Isaiah prophesied this thousands of years before, and what John is doing is he's throwing this in there because it looks like now that just like when we see Jesus on the cross, we think that that, that it's all over, that, that the devil is one, and and Satan is one and it's all over. But guess what? That's where God gets the greatest victory is through Jesus going to the cross because when He goes to the cross, guess what? We get to go to heaven because He goes to the cross, right? And so this had to happen. They had to reject Him. They had to put Him on a cross and see God through His infinite knowledge his omnipotence that means he knows everything i mean excuse me that's omniscience he knows everything and because he knows everything he knew that israel would reject the messiah because they were looking for a a mighty man they were looking for a political messiah they weren't looking for a lowly servant they didn't he didn't fit because remember a little bit earlier in this section it says Jesus was telling them, you know, he's going to the cross and he was going to die. And, and they says, who is this Messiah? Who is this Son of Man? That isn't the one we believe in. Of course, they weren't reading their Bibles correctly. They wanted what they wanted. They didn't want what God told them would happen. That the first time, Jesus would have to come and die. The second time, he does come back as a conqueror and King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It says that the word of Isaiah might be fulfilled which he spoke. Lord who has believed our report. Over and over and over again, Isaiah was one that was told that he was going to be rejected. His message was going to be rejected. And you know what? They rejected his message. Just like they rejected all the other prophets. And he says, who has believed our report? In other words, who has believed the truth that we've told Israel about Jesus? Because all the way through the Old Testament... Jesus is in there. And he says, And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? What does that mean? The arm of the Lord. It means that that God has shown His power. He has shown His might through His miracles and through all the mighty things He's done over and over and over again. He has shown people who He is. And a lot of people today, they think, well, you know, if we could just get people to do miracles and signs and wonders, all kinds of people would believe. 
But guess what? Jesus did over and over and over again and they still rejected Him. They still refused Him. They, they wanted the miracles, but they didn't want Jesus. It says the reason this happened is so that the word of Isaiah might be fulfilled. Now, here we have what we call divine sovereignty and human responsibility mixed together. Uh, in the Bible, we have a doctrine called election. And there's a lot of confusion in that. There's a lot of arguing and fighting over it. But the Bible basically tells us that God is sovereign. But it also tells us one other thing. Guess what? Man is responsible. Now, I don't know how all that works together. And some people have tried to explain it. And a lot of people have tried to figure it out. But you know what? The Bible says that our ways are not His ways. And His ways are higher than our ways. And if we could figure out, guess who we'd be? We'd be God, right? But somehow God is sovereign and what He wants to happen, happens. But the Bible also says when we do evil, when we don't trust Christ, when we don't believe, when we don't do the things God wants us to do, that we're responsible. But you know, God is working it all together for good. That's why we use that verse, Romans 8.28. God works all things together. For good to them that love Him and called according to His purposes. Somehow, some way, the greatest miracle is that God uses every single thing that we do, even the bad things, the good things, the bad things that happen in our life. Somehow, some way, He uses all of those things. And one day, when it's all said and done, in the book of Revelation, it's going to turn out just like He said it would. That's the greatest miracle. Not that He can heal us. Not that He can feed us. Not that He can bring somebody back to dead, from the dead. But that He can work all things together for His good. God's power, God's might has been revealed over and over and over again to us, to the Israelites. And He says, therefore, verse 39, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts lest they should see with their eyes lest they should understand with their hearts in turn, so that I should heal them. And some people think, well, oh, this is a mean God. This is an awful God. He has blinded their hearts. He has, he has blinded their eyes. He's hardened their hearts. But you know, the Bible tells us that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But you know what it also tells us? That He hardened Pharaoh's heart after what? He hardened His own heart. See, Ten times God showed His power and His might over all the Egyptian gods through Moses. And ten times Pharaoh rejected those miracles. And it's the same thing in our lives when we see the, 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 the mighty power of God, His, His mighty power and everything else. It, it tells us that over in... In the book of Romans, it says over in the book of Romans, this is one of the best sections that you'll ever go to. It talks about in chapter 1, verse 18, it says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. In other words, it's revealed against people who don't want to hear the truth. It says in verse 19, because what may be known of God is shown to them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 
And it says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful. But they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like incorruptible man, like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So what does that say? It says they knew there's a God. And I've told people this before. If I, if I told you I just threw a stick of dynamite out in the woods in this building with all the electricity and the power and the phones and the computers and all the everything that's in here just appeared, you'd look at me and tell me, you're crazy, right? When we see something beautiful, we know that somebody had to make it, right? We, we, that we assume... And correctly so, if we got a beautiful watch or a beautiful coat or a beautiful jacket or a beautiful car or whatever it is, that somebody had to make it. And when we look around at God's creation and the sun and the moon and the stars and the beauty of all that, the order of it, the food chain, the, the hydrological cycle and all those things, we know that God created it. Somebody had to have created Because it. it all works together, right? That's why the Bible tells us we're without excuse. And he says these people decided they didn't want to worship God. So what do people do? Same thing they do in the Old Testament. There's one verse, and I don't remember where it is, it talks about, it's kind of a funny verse. It's not funny, but it's kind of funny in a way because it says that they know who God is, but then they they take a, a, a stick of wood and they make an idol out of it, and then they take the rest of it and they burn it for their fire. But they worship that stick of wood as the same stick of wood that they burn in the fire. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But they're worshiping the thing that they made, the sun and the moon and the stars. They're worshiping little idols and gold and money and things instead of worshiping the true God who made everything. And that's what these people are doing. And it says over in verse 24, let me read a couple of verses. I'm not going to read the rest of it. It says, but because they worship the things rather than God, it says, therefore God also gave them up to the uncleanness and the lust of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Verse 26, for this reason God gave them up to vile passions. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to the base mind to do those things which are not fitting. In other words, if you don't want to trust God, God will say, okay, you do it your way. You have it your way. You'll just get what you desire. You know, God loves us. God cares for us. And God says, I love you and I care for you and I want you to do what's right. But if you don't listen, eventually what does He do? He says, okay, I'm over here. You go that way and you just do whatever you want to and you'll get the results of whatever you're doing. And He turns us loose. I mean, even in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible tells us, he says, today is the day of salvation. Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. Think about the Israelites out in the wilderness. They had the, the Shekinah glory, the glory of God. By day, it was a cloud to protect them from the sun and it protected them and it guided them and it led them. And at night, it was a, it was a light and, and, and it brought heat to protect them. And it guided them. And, and this was God's glory. And they had that. And they saw all these miracles. The water out of the rock. And fed them with the manna. 
in the wilderness and all these wonderful things that God did. And they still turned their back on God. And it's the same way today. Many people today, they turn their back on God. They go for all the gusto they can get instead of all the God they can get. They go for all the world they can get instead of all the God they can get. And that's what Isaiah says. He's blinded their eyes. Why did he blind their eyes? Because they had already rejected Him. They had already turned their back on Him. They were already rejecting Him. So at this point, God says, Okay, you don't want to hear me? Alright, I'm going to quit speaking to you. You don't want nothing to do with me? Alright, I quit with you. And there will come a point. I heard a story about a woman that was up in the mountains or way off in the woods somewhere. And the preacher went to her and she said... God, Pastor, there's not even any sense talking to me about God because guess what? I told God a long time ago that if you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. And I can't be saved. And that's what she said. And so today the Bible says, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts so that, that you may be saved. Isaiah says, because they would not believe, they finally came to the place where they could not believe. Even though they saw all the evidence, finally their hearts, their hearts became hard and their eyes became blind. And it says these things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Now what is he saying here? He says that these things Isaiah said when, when he spoke of him. Now what does that mean when he saw his glory? Remember in Isaiah 6 when Isaiah says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. What do we say in Philippians 2? That God gave Jesus the name what? Lord. And guess what? That's who Isaiah saw high and lifted up. And see what's happening here is John. This is kind of deep, but what's happening here is John is, is merging the the rejection of Jesus with the glory of Jesus because they merge together because the way that God is going to get the greatest glory as I said a minute ago in Philippians chapter 2 is because Jesus dies on the cross and He dies for our sins and that is the greatest glory because God is glorified by us trusting Him and believing in Him and by His saving His people. And that's what the Bible's telling us here. Is that basically that God's glory is revealed through Jesus, through His salvation. That is the greatest glory of all. Is that God would come down, on a, come down to earth and die on the cross. Die for our sins. You go read Isaiah 53. It talks about that, that he, he was bruised for our iniquities. All we like sheep have gone astray and God has laid the sin, the guilt, the iniquity of us all on Him. And I know this is a tough passage, but you know we need to understand that God loves us and God cares for us. And yes, you might think being a Christian is exclusive. Jesus said the way is hard. The way is narrow. It's straight. And few there be that find it. But the reason few find it is because only a few want to give up their glory for the glory of God. 
Because look what it says next. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in Him. Now we don't know if they really got saved or if they just believed like they did in a lot of other places. Jesus said they believed in Him. But you know what? He says, you followed Me. You believed on Me because of the loaves and the fishes. Because of the miracles I did. But you didn't really trust. He says, because... But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God is, that Jesus is God and that He's Lord and that God has raised Him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. And the Bible tells us in, I think it's Matthew chapter 10 or 11, Jesus said, if you confess Me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. And for some reason or another, these people, they were scared of the Pharisees and they wanted, it says right here, they wouldn't confess them because of the Pharisees. Who were the Pharisees? They were the powers in control. They were the people that were stopping everybody. They were trying to stop everybody from believing because why? They liked being in control. They liked having the power. And it says, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Remember, the Pharisees made a rule, if you believe in Jesus, you trust in Jesus, you talk about Jesus, we're going to kick you out of the synagogue. That's what he did to the man that was blind. And it says, For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. It says they love the praise of men. That word praise of men, that word praise, is the same thing, the same word, that we have in verse 41. Remember in verse 41 it says, Isaiah said when he saw his glory. That word glory is the word doxa. It means glory and honor and and all the things that are ascribed to God. That These people, that's the same word right here, doxa. And they love the glory and honor and praise of men more than they love the glory of God. You know what, folks? The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 22, I think it is, that it says that there will be people there and there will be the cowardly. And those that were afraid to confess Jesus because we don't want people to think bad of us. We don't want people to think wrong of us. We want people to like us. And a lot of times people don't like us if we're one of those uh, Christians. Because they like you to be what they do. They like you to do all the things they do. And if you won't go along with all the things they do and that are wrong and, and listen to their evil stories and do the things they do, guess what? They don't want nothing to do with you. But you know what? The Bible tells us that we need to confess Jesus in front of other people. And I know y'all do because I see people coming in here every week. There's more people, new people coming. And I know a lot of y'all are telling people to come. And and people here. And you know what? That's what we're here for. So people can hear the truth and people can be saved. There are going to be people that reject. But they reject Jesus because they love the praise of men more than they love the praise of God. And I'm going to have to stop there today. Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Father, we love You. We thank You. We praise You that Isaiah saw You high and lifted up. And he said, Woe unto me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst the people 
of unclean lips. And he realized how sinful he was and how wicked we are as people, Lord. But Lord, you said that if we would just turn from our wicked ways, that we would repent. They would cry out and say, Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, I want to go to heaven because I believe that what Jesus did was enough. And I want to go to heaven. I want, to let, I want the praise of God more than I do the praise of men. Lord, You said that we can either, that we're aliens and strangers and that the, that the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be considered with the glory which we'll have in heaven one day. So Lord, help us to realize that we may not get everything we want in this world, but everything and above and beyond what we could ever think or imagine is going to be there for us in heaven one day if we'll just trust You today. And we thank You for that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.